Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Well, you're on In Conversation with Scotty Stevenson, a Rugby Pass podcast. As we await the return of the short ball, we thought it would be a great chance to catch up with some of the personalities who make up New Zealand's national game. And joining us on the line is Richard Turner, two-test all-black and TV personality these days and a great colleague and friend of mine. Pod, good day to you, sir. G'day, so much. Richard Turner, I'm going to take you way back to start our conversation hey, way back to... just before you go too far back Scotty you know that I've taken a few knocks to the head age. yeah so, haven't we all mate haven't we all I'm going to take I'm going to take you back to Napier Men's High School Napier Boys High School you, you would have been the biggest fella running around on that paddock surely Pod uh, at, at my at my particular school yeah, yeah I was there's, there's uh there's no, there's no doubt about that. In fact, that was kind of, uh, that was me growing up, you know. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to, I'm to take us back even further. You know, I think one, one of my endearing uh, memories of, of, of growing up, you know, like, like, like all, or I won't say all, because that's probably a little bit arrogant. But like most kids growing up in my era, you know, we, uh, we, we couldn't get into footy quick enough, and I started playing as a. As a four-year-old, and, and I think from the age of four to, to, to about eight years old, all I can all I can recall from from uh, from those uh, from those days playing wise is my mum on the sideline going, "He's only four, he's only four, <laughs> <laughs> because I was that much bigger than everyone else." You know, like, oh, you know, what parents are, oh, what's that big kid doing playing against all these other kids? I've, well, you, as you know, I've had the pleasure of dinner time at uh, Cena Turner's, and uh, I'm not surprised you were bigger than most other kids. She can put on yeah. a feed, your mum. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there was no uh, there was no shortage of that. So I did a lot of carbo-loading from an early age. <laughs> Mate, when did you get serious uh, about footy and about um, thinking about it as something you wanted to do representatively? Uh, I think uh, probably those days. I bought the boys' high days. Obviously, um, you know, making making the the, the Navy boys first fifteen, and and uh, and then you know, but all of a sudden you're sort of attracting attention and around that um, that age group system, and yeah. and also remember in Hawke's Bay, um, you know, age group wise was uh, was was huge, massively dominant at under sixteen level and yeah. and under eighteen, uh, which subsequently became seventeen to nineteen. So. Uh, um, yeah, I, I guess it was around that, and then, uh, and then I think probably when uh, when in my last year at Native Boys Festival team, when I got um, picked in, uh, picked up to, to play the 
tail end of uh, of the then NPC competition for Hawke's Bay as a schoolboy. Um, you know, that was probably when it was like I was like, okay, it's, you know, this is uh, you know, this is probably time to to start getting reasonably serious, reasonably serious about you know, like as I say, like, like getting serious about you know, you know, obviously you know the dreams of of, of you know of higher honours and. Mm. Um, yeah, it was prob- probably probably around that time, and I think also now, and it's probably more prevalent now. You know, I, you know, as, as a kid growing up, I, I was I was into everything, everything and anything, you know, sporting wise, and um, you know, and I, I think you're probably forced into making some some decisions at high school because uh, you know it was like oh you you couldn't you couldn't do everything, so it was like oh, if you're in the first fifteen. Um, you couldn't play basketball anymore, um, yeah. so it was kind of you know almost you know not not forced into making that choice, but that's when I was yeah one of those times where it's deciding whether or not I wanted to be serious about uh, about being a rugby player. You know, it's um, one of our other conversations during this series was with Leon McDonald, who was also picked for his provincial side while still a schoolboy. What what was the experience like for you? Because he would have been a back; he'd be able to hide a bit more. But he said, even in the first, <laughs> even in the first thirty seconds of his debut game for Marlborough, I think he had uh, a black eye and uh, and probably a broken nose. So, I mean, yep. what was it like for you running out there? Because these were tough, tough men. Yeah, and, and exactly that's exactly what they were. Sumo, they were they were men, you know. And I was just, uh, quite literally a, a ninety nine schoolboy, albeit that. You know, I was six foot, uh, six foot four, and one hundred and eighteen kilos. So I wasn't, I wasn't small, but yeah, I, I was still a boy. But uh, and um, and you know, I was literally going out there to play against men. But I, the, the one thing I had that obviously Leon, Leon McDonald wasn't privy to, and and uh, was I had a guy in my team called Mark Shaw. Yeah, that would have helped. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, it certainly did because. Uh, yeah, he basically he basically took it upon himself to uh, to, to to be essentially be my minder. <laughs> so uh, so my my introduction um, to, to first class rugby was essentially running running around pretty much behind Mark Shaw, um, <laughs> make, making sure if I got stuck at the bottom of the ruck, he wasn't too far away. And I can tell you that he uh, he got me out of a, a few sticky a few sticky situations. So yeah, he was my saving grace, no doubt about it. For those who are listening overseas, just explain a little bit about Mark Shaw to them. <laughs> well, you talk about hard, hard men. He, he was, you know, he was a genuinely, uh, you know, he was a tough bugger. He, he you know, he was, uh, he, uh, he, you know, he came off the land um, and and he was pretty raw. Uh, he, he referred to university students or educated people as scarf draggers, <laughs> uh, and and, uh, and there wasn't a lot of. A room in Mark Shaw's life for for uh, for those sort of people, but uh, but you know he was a he was a, a good footy player, but he was a tough, uncom- uncompromising footy player. Uh, but but again, you know he, he in old school. So I, I was uh, because I was obviously the youngest on the side. We went away on our, my first actual game for Hawks Bay uh, was an away game to, to the King Country, and and, and um, you know we, we you obviously went two up in a room and. Those days, a queen bed and a and a single bed mm-hmm. shared, and I walked into the room and immediately put my bag by the uh, by the single bed, sort of thinking that's my place. And cowboy walked in and said, "No, boy, you need your sleep. You get in the big bed. I'm okay in the little bed." <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then, as I say, he t- he, you know, he took it upon himself, and and you know, had a had a huge amount of respect from from other players, uh, and, and and you know, and that was. Uh, 
you know, it's certainly comforting from from uh, from my perspective because as, you, as as with the conversation you had with Leon, you know, the, there are some grisly old uh, old rugby players that didn't take too kindly to young upstarts trying to play their way in, the, in our national game. So, so it was certainly great for me to have Mark Shaw. Uh, quite literally uh, covering my back. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad guy I have covering for you. Certainly someone who's compared often to the likes of Cal Tremaine and, and Ian Kirkpatrick. So uh, that's not a bad guy to have in your team. Of course, he'd also go on to coach Hawks Bay uh, in the early 2000s as well, Cowboy Shaw. And, and I know uh, subsequently in your career, you toured with him, didn't you, to Canada? I think he took a team away. We and, did. And, yeah, uh, we did. And, and, and the other <laughs> side of him was revealed on that tour. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. I mean, we it was um, it was nineteen nineteen ninety. So the All Blacks had, had gone to France. The All Blacks mm. were touring France, and we were kind of we were like essentially a junior All Black team. And uh, and we went off to we went off to Canada. But the Canadian rugby union it was probably one of the first official New Zealand rugby union teams to, to head to Canada, so they made quite a big deal about it, and in fact they gave us the moniker of the future All Blacks um, team, and uh, and we spent a number of, well, probably 35 hours getting to um, getting to the east coast of, of Canada, and we started over the far side of Canada, and mm. and we arrived at some ungodly hour of the morning, and uh, and there was every Canadian rugby official and, and his blazer and tie that... Uh, that, that was in existence at the time met and Lane Penn was our coach. Yeah. And uh and yeah, um, you know, he, he stood up in front of all these Canadian officials and made sure he said all the right things. And uh and, and you know that this is important and the all blacks are in, in France, so you know, we have the next cab off the rank, so you know, it's important you all play well for not only you, you know, your immediate future but down you know, down the track and, and almost as an afterthought he sort of got up and said to uh, to Cowboy, you know, um, yeah, you've got, oh, have you got anything you want to say? Mm. And, uh, and and Cowboy was very short, very succinct, and, and probably something I, I can't repeat. But it was <laughs> it kind of set it kind of set the tone for the for the rest of the tour, Scotty. And well, I think the closest the Canadians got to us was about forty to fifty points, and uh, and and we certainly had, an, had a, a very enjoyable trip. <laughs> well, it was only a couple of years later, Pod, where you you finally cracked that All Black side and it was during the uh, series, of the, the Centenary Series in 1992 um, and you played your first and, and only two test matches for the All Blacks um, and, and we'll get to reasons why they were your only two tests in just a moment but that, that feeling uh, of having made it, having been around the system, having played with these guys and finally running out there as an All Black, do you still look back on that now with, with uh, absolute sincere fondness? Oh, hundred percent. And and I was, uh, you know, for me it was it was sort of made made even more special because um, back in obviously back in that was uh, early nineties, um, we we still had all black trials. Yeah. Uh, so we went through an all black trial system, and and it was in my hometown in, in Napier. So I'd moved to North Harbour by then, and and was prior my trade with uh, with North Harbour under the under the guidance of Peter Thorburn, and. Uh, and we all went back to the to, to the Hawks Bay, and it was the I think we played a, a trial match on a on a Friday, um, and then from that they picked a, a possibles and a and a probables um, team, and the and the probables were were essentially a New Zealand 15 team, and they were the guys that were favoured to be uh, to be selected for the for the All Blacks, and I've obviously had a pretty good first trial and and, and got named as. Uh, 
as uh, number eight in that in that New Zealand fifteen side, uh, the the probables, and uh, and we promptly got beaten by the possibles. <laughs> I, I remember this. Goal, but, I remember uh, this. But you know, obviously, hometown and all my family there, and uh, and we we finished that that final trial and all showered up, and then went through to to the Centennial Hall for the after match function, um, and that's they actually named the All Black side uh, for that Centenary series in 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 the hall at the after match functions, and so I had my mum and dad there, and and uh, and and a lot of my family. So that that sort of doubled down in terms of of the occasion for me, you know, to to do it in front of my you know my hometown uh, um, uh, friends and and family was uh, w- w- was an amazing feeling and and, and something you know it's uh, that that I'll that I'll never forget. It was uh, it was certainly you know that the, 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 the and because you're a turner. Starting with T, then teams named alphabetically. Yeah. You have to wait a long time. You do. Yeah, <laughs> you, you a long do. Time to hear your name. Yeah, you and, do. Uh, and so, yeah. So, it was, and, and my mum was my mum was holding my hands, and my mum's got her uh, fingernails are about three or four inches long. So they were quite, you know, as the names are read out, digging deeper and deeper into my hand, and I thought I was going to be injured out of the team, even if I had been selected, <laughs> because I had three-inch fingernails stuck in my hand. So, but it was it was it was massively special, and then and then obviously then to get together and, and then to go into a room because essentially yeah, you got taken into a room, all those that were named went into a room and and. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden you're sitting in a in a in a room with uh, you know, even though you played against them, they were you know, you still idolised a lot of those uh, you know legendary all backs like Fitzpatrick's or Kerwin's and, yeah. um, of the world, um, and and all of a sudden you're sitting next to them going, man, this is pretty cool. I'm the, I'm the, I'm an all black and I'm in the all blacks and I'm sitting next to next to uh, you know a legendary all black. So yeah, mate, it was uh, it was a pretty special time. I'm just going to run through um, the opposition. That day in Christchurch Pod, your test debut on the 18th of April, 1992. The captain of the team, Seoul, playing lucid prop, Phil Kearns, Peter Fatialofa, Session Rumar, Offahin Garway, McKinnon White, Nickel, Kambetelbetel, Hendricks, Horan, Guscott, Notza, and Hastings. It's a hell of a lineup of international players to come up against, <laughs> and uh, I don't need to remind you, they had the better of you that day. They did. They did. Lost, yeah, lost that test, Scotty, and and Christchurch. So, yeah, uh, you know, it was uh, again the, the the next, you know, after getting named, that that you know, the next coolest thing about an All Black is is being in a change room and being given your jersey and then then pulling it on and running out onto the onto the field as a, as an All Black and be, becoming one of the club. That's pretty special. Mm. But yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a tough game and obviously we hadn't been together that long. Um, and uh, and yeah, the star-studded world thing got together and and and, and put us away. I managed to dot down though, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, you did. Um, you did. And, yeah, it's got a got a, uh, a photo. Uh, in fact, it was a Herald photographer that took the photo. Actually, sent it to me. Um, and uh, so you know, I've got that uh, that big, big photo of me scoring in the corner at Lancaster Park, proudly displayed on on the wall. And 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 that, and that was pretty cool. Even though we uh, we did lose the game, and I got dropped for the second test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry about that, mate. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. <laughs> I wasn't there, obviously, but that's okay. I was just thinking, because you and Inga Tugamala were the try scorers that day, I think you're probably the two biggest All Blacks, one playing number eight, one playing on the left wing. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, we were also one and two on the buffet line. Yeah, well, that's fair yeah. enough too. I, yeah. I was thinking about that team, though, and, and you can't have a conversation with you about rugby without bringing North Harbour uh, up, because it, it would have been a big move for you in a lot of ways to to go to North Harbour, which was still a very young province at that stage. Uh, what what was behind the decision? Was it just a rugby decision or was it time for 
for Big Richard to go to the Big Smoke? Uh, no, well, yeah, well, well, I, I, in 80, 88, I was, I was playing for Hawks Bay against Tony Welsh, so I broke my arm. Mm. Um, and, and, and then, so I had a bit of time to, to sort of, uh, take, take stock of what was, what was going on and, and, uh, and yeah, decided I'm a Hawks Bay boy, so Hawks Bay was my world and, and decided that, uh, there might be a, a bigger world out there and, 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 yeah, moved up to, uh, well, not moved up, came, actually came up here for a holiday to, to, to Auckland for a holiday. I only knew, I only knew one bloke in, in Auckland at the time. That was Tim Barry because I'd been away on a rugby news, uh, New Zealand news team trip with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he picked me up from the airport and, and, uh, and showed me around the big city and, uh, ended up, uh, at the North Coast, you know, and, and you know, the old sliding doors thing, you know, it's interesting how, how, how life pans out, but you, you know, you go, um, he said, look, I've got to go to my local rugby club just, uh, just for a, a registration evening. Why don't you come along and have a, you know, have a beer stand in the corner and, and behave yourself? And, <laughs> um, at the time, Brad, that was the time where Brad, Brad Murant, who subsequently went on to, uh, to coach, North Harbour and, and had been it was a massive influence in my career and a, and a bloody good bloke as well. He had come to North Coast from another club on the North Shore mm. um, at that time and, and, a, and a whole um, handful of guys had sort of come into the to the club as well. A couple of guys had come across the across the bridge um, and, uh, and and Brad sort of got in my ear and said, you know, what, what, what are you doing here? What, what's your you know what, what are your thoughts? What are your plans? And and uh, and between him and, and Peter Thorburn convinced me that uh, you know maybe uh, the, the big smoke was the you know the place to be and and I, I just kept reminding him at the time that there was a and you know I, and mate to be to be honest with you I, I was a I was a big fish in a small pond in the Hawks Bay mm. and 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 uh, and I'd come up to a, a, a very big pond that was you know Greater Auckland Auckland and, and North Harbour and and there was a bloke swimming around in the North Harbour pond called called Wayne Shelford. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'd sort of got, <laughs> I'd sort of saying to them, uh, you know, like uh, not, can't see myself playing very much, and and, uh, and they, and you know, they they quite rightly convinced me. Well, you know, yeah, initially you might not play a lot, but um, but you know, who better to 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 be an understudy to it and, and learn the, the the art of being a number eight than uh, than from Wayne Shelford. So mm. they did a pretty good job convincing me and. Uh, and yeah, decided that uh, that that was probably the you know the next step in in my rugby career. Albeit that it was it was hard to leave home and, and leave leave mum's cooking, Scotty. <laughs> I decided that was that was that was what I wanted to do. So I moved up here at the age of nineteen. Yeah, and were they right? Was Buck Shelford a big influence? Was he the best guy to learn oh. off? Uh, yeah, yeah, massive. I mean, he was again. He you know he was. Uh, and, you know, he was a he was a great, obviously a great player. And for me, yeah, in terms of uh, you know your, your, your attitude and your, and your dedication, he certainly set a set a benchmark uh, a benchmark for that. But you know, he was probably in that respect, um, you know, because it was obviously it was an amateur era, well well before professional. Uh, but mm. but Buck had a real, um, you know, he he his, his whole life was dedicated to being the best he could be on on the rugby field. Um, and, and at the time, you know, it was it was really interesting because yeah, I, I love mate. Don't get me wrong, I love being a rugby fan. I love rugby, but you know, I was a I was a, a Hawks Bay boy that had come up to the big city, and so the bright lights in the big city. There was all this other world that sort of was I'm looking at going. I haven't seen this before. That, that looks quite appealing as well. Um, and uh, you know, where Buck was 100 percent dedicated to to being a, a rugby player, and he he probably trained like a professional well before professionalism. So. Mm. Uh, you know, and certainly there was. You know, the, you know, you you could, you know, it was a good thing to to sit there and 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 be an understudy to him and saying, okay, well, 
you know, he's obviously the, the best in, in, in his position, and, and that's what it takes to be there. So, that, that, you know, they were certainly good learnings. 86 games you played for North Harbour uh, through those years, mate, and you mentioned Brad Murant already and Peter Thorburn, and I know those two coaches uh, certainly had their share of funny moments. But, I mean, I look through the personalities in that team and <laughs> dead set, it's probably the funniest collection of blokes ever <laughs> put in the same Guernseys and sent out onto a playing field. What was it yep. like to be around the likes of Walter Little and Frank Bunce and Eric Rush and Blair Larson and, and so many others? Yeah, well, look, for, obviously for 80 minutes on a rugby field, it was fantastic. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, great, great guys, but just, uh, yeah, just un- unbelievably talented. And I, and I think, you know, if, you, if, if we look back on it and we've all been honest with ourselves, you know, we probably didn't really, uh, you know, really reach our potential as a side. But, mm. you know, that was because we had, you know, we had such, you know, such um, the strong personalities here that, uh, you know, that, that those guys uh, loved, loved, Rugby, love playing the game, but also love you know everything else that, that that came with the game at the time as well. So, you know, yeah, we had uh, we probably uh, we probably had um, we probably had too much fun, if I was being honest. Uh, but uh, but you know, we we also had a saying that it was sort of boots on, switch on. So, um, you know, we we managed to, we managed to, at, at times, and, and clearly from a from a coach's perspective, probably not consistent and never often enough for for a coach, but. Now there were times when, uh, then we, you know, when we when we did put our boots on, that we went pretty good, and uh, oh, yeah. and you know playing in a playing, playing in a team with those guys was just you know that, that that was special. And sometimes you just found yourself quite literally standing in the middle of the paddock, going, oh, "I wonder where this is going to end up," you know. And, <laughs> and, and, and some, sometimes it was pretty it was pretty spectacular. And uh, and yeah, we we. Uh, we certainly, we certainly had a lot of fun, and, and, the, and the game was different. And you know, the, and we had, you know, the, I mean, this is how I mean. I remember, um, you know, the, uh, the first time I went, I went into a, 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 a change room after a Harbour game. You know, that, that, um, that, you know, the first thing a lot of guys did was was um, spark a gasper and grab a can of Iron Red. Um, you know, and that was like, and they were like, oh, gee, thanks, well, that's, that's what I need to get to, to recover from this game. So obviously, things. Things have changed since then, uh, but uh, but you know, yeah, we uh, we you know we had that attitude. We uh, we we worked hard and, and, and we played hard, and uh, and it was certainly a, a really enjoyable. What eighty uh, nine uh, to to ninety six, I, I left the country, and, and yeah. so that was a pretty uh, yeah eighty six games, and all of them uh, yeah, all of them very very enjoyable. I understand that Pete Thorburn once got so frustrated with you that he waited for an age. You were you were huddling at, at halftime on the field. Uh, teams didn't go back into the changing rooms, and uh, he took his time, so much time running out or walking out to talk to you that by the time he got there, the referee blew, blew his whistle and said second half starts, and he just turned around and walked away again. <laughs> well, he used to always Forbes used to actually say that was that was the you know that was that should be what a good coach does. He times his walk to get out there in time to turn around and walk walk back again. And I you know and I think part of that was often that, that probably ninety percent of the things that he said went in one ear of most of our guys and, and, and out the other. And, you know, and and I was mate, I was captain, I was captain of that, that mob for a for a long time and, and, and uh you know, it was uh, uh yeah, it was they were it was interesting times, you know, it certainly wasn't um, you know, the in terms of motivating them and getting the best out of them what they weren't traditional methods and and, and often you, you just have you just had to run with it. And as I say, as a as a coach, they were they were sitting in the stands 
uh, tearing the hair out. But uh, but you know you, you you couldn't temper that because uh, because often that's what got the best out of those guys when they were, when they were given the ball. You know, it was, yeah. and, and it was pretty special to be a part of. The Battle of the Bridge final, Richard Turner. If uh, any game stands out in, in North Harbour's uh, history, it is, uh, it's that famous game against Auckland at Oniwa Domain, and everything about it was an act of violence. Um, yeah, those dirty Aucklanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and none of you have ever forgotten, I don't think. 1994, and it was the season climax, and uh, it was the first time you guys had hosted a final. And and the Aucklanders believe that it should be played at Eden Park. You guys dug your toes in and said, nah, it's been uh, yeah, played at yeah, Oniwa. Still, still arrogant. They were <laughs> arrogant then, still are now, Scotty. <laughs> well, talk to me about that week and that game briefly, <laughs> if, if anyone can oh, remember mate, it. it was, yeah, it was basically, if I can sim- uh, simplify it, it was essentially a, a big old pot of rugby mm. that was on a, on a burner and the whole week, we we just kept chucking things at each other in this pot that wasn't was you know one side antagonising the other side, and you know and it went to extreme. So those were the days when we were both sponsored by Nike, and, and Nike didn't mind spending a dollar promoting an, an event. And they put up there was a there was a billboard on uh, opposite. Uh, I was on the downtown the shopping centre. Yeah, the downtown shopping centre that basically wrapped and an L shape round one one side of the street, round the corner, and then down the yeah. other side of the street. They put up a billboard that said, "This town ain't big enough for the both of us." And and there were Harbour guys on one side and Auckland guys on the yeah. other side. And then and then you know then then the the week just came. And, but basically, the Aucklanders were like, "Mate, you know, anyone you can't play an NPC final only with the main as a disgrace." And we're like, "Well, not too bad. We've earned the right to be there." And uh, and and so you guys are going to come across and play us in our turf. Um, and and essentially, for those that don't didn't, didn't know, Tassa, uh, only one domain was basically a club ground. Yeah. So uh, it was a Tassapuna rugby club ground that you know that uh, that on on during the rep season converted to North Arbor's home ground. So if you can imagine, the changing rooms weren't uh, you know they weren't big changing rooms, and certainly. <laughs> Certainly, uh, far from t- you know today's standard, mm. um, and there were there were a couple of um, luxuries for the home team, and that they got a slightly bigger one. But you know we took great delight in poking Auckland into the smallest rooms available, <laughs> uh, changing rooms available. And I think amongst the, I think what was oh, we would have had twenty one players in those days. I think they had to spread amongst three changing rooms <laughs> to get themselves all in there. So we, yeah, we just took great delight, and the, the whole the whole week though was pretty antagonistic, and then uh, and then it culminated in you know a massive crowd, which was which was great, run out on the field, and then uh, yeah, there was a fair bit of um, and, and look and, and you know we knew that they were you know, they, they were the favourites. There's no doubt about that, and they had a bloody good team to be fair to them. And, yeah. uh, and but our attitude was we were going to you know they, they were the arrogant big brother, and we were going to be snotty nosed little brother that wasn't going to take a back back foot and. And uh, and yet that pot that I referred to um, previously, Scotty, about uh, about thirty seconds into the game, that kind of boiled over. A little, yeah, a little bit. And then, and then and then we couldn't get the lid back on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I still I, I see clips of that game uh, so often, and uh, and you can see uh, clips of that online still. 
Man, there was some acts of thuggery in that game. It's it's actually remarkable. Yep. I, I mean, there's never been a game since in New Zealand rugby, and and there never will be um, because you, you just couldn't do that now. But yeah, I, I always think it's well worth remembering um, how much feeling was, even though that feeling may have been slightly misdirected in the game. It's always worth remembering from a provincial point of view how much that meant and how special that rivalry had become. Oh, absolutely. And, and we also had guys that had come from the other side of the bridge, yeah. the dark side, we call it, living on the North Shore. They'd come from the dark side, they'd come over to us, and, and, and you know, and they copped it from Walker, oh, you're not good enough to play for us, so that's why he's gone to Harbour. Mm. You, know, you know, I think that a lot of it was actually those guys didn't enjoy that environment, yeah. so they came over to us because they, they looked over the fence and went, oh, actually, that's a cool environment to be part of, we want to be a part of it. So they, they came over and, and they and they you know and they obviously copped a bit as well. So I oh, look and, and if you talk to anyone involved in that game, you know, uh, and the guys who are involved in some of the unsavory incidents, yeah, it, they were they were real anomalies. Like they were guys that had you know had illustrious careers and probably never ever behaved like that on a rugby field before. Yeah, um, and they just did things that they were just honestly, they, yeah, they, and, and you know as a skipper, you know, yeah, I'm sort of going okay. I know we weren't going to take a step back, but we've probably taken <laughs> steps forward here, fellas. So, but there was no, there was, there was so much emotion, um, yeah, so, so much at stake in the game that, yeah, it just it quite literally there was no controlling it. Now, Pod, uh, cutting a long story short, you you went away to Italy and then subsequently to Japan after your playing career here had finished. You captained the Chiefs in their first year of uh, existence in Super Rugby. Um, and then when implied you tried, you've done many things since then. Uh, but I guess for most New Zealanders and, and international listeners as well, you, you, what you've made your name in over the last decade especially is in, is in your television work. Do you, do you still look at the game with the same sense of wonder and, and the same joy that you did as a, as a young kid running around in Hawke's Bay? Oh, look, I, I think, I, you know, I certainly look at it yeah, I mean, I look at it in awe now because I mean, the game has changed so much and, and, and you know, the guys playing the game now, man. I mean, they, they, I mean, you know, physically, they're, you know, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. But I mean, those guys now, you know, we used to, we used to marvel at the, at the Walter Littles and the Frank Bunts and the Dean Osborns and, that, and and they, you know, they were talented players. But I'm looking at guys now, and not only guys at the top level, Scotty. You know, we, we've been fortunate enough, you and I, to go down to the, our national under 19 tournament, mm. and the depth of talent in this country, rugby playing wise, is just phenomenal it, it, it really is and, and those guys um, you know and, and I guess you know the, the influence of professionals being being, um, being huge in the game and so guys are uh, you know are becoming uh, you know athlete focused at a really young age so therefore their skill development is, is just unbelievable out of this world so I sit there now and just uh, yeah, and I've been lucky, mate. I've been lucky to sit in that, in that sky chair for uh, I think it's 15, 16 years now. Um, and uh, and you know, and I just think, honestly, you know, it's, and I'm not saying it's, it's a real privilege to to sit there and and and, and I'll tell you what, it's also a lot easier to sit there and tell people how they should be playing it rather than <laughs> out there in the middle of doing it. But it, it is, mate. It's a it's a privilege to be to, you know to be able to be able to, to do that. And uh, and over sixteen years, I, you know, I've made to, to see some of the talent and and, uh, and 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 guys that have come through our game that have gone on to to, to, to you know to to the greatest heights of the game, but also guys that you know that you see that you don't see again. You know, it's it's, mm. it's amazing, and 
Um, you know, and I still I still enjoy our national provincial competition. Now it's called the Mighty um, Ten Cup now, uh, and, and you know every year I look forward to it because every year it just spits out the next generation of of talent and that talent. You know, I just I just think well, I guess I sit there and philosophically uh, I wonder I wonder where this can end. You know, how how good can a, and a rugby can a rugby player be? Mm. You know, there, there must be a limit on the the, the things that a, a player can do on a rugby field, but. No, every year somebody else does something that is, <laughs> yeah. you know, where did that come from and how did you learn to do that? I tell you why else you like the Mitre 10 Cup pod, because you get back to Hawke's Bay for Cena Turner's dinners. And um, <laughs> I, I, wish you, I wish you many more with that wonderful woman, mate, and I thank you for joining us for In Conversation today. Pleasure, Scotty. Thank you very much, mate. Richard Turner joining us on In Conversation, a series of podcasts as we await the return of the short ball on rugbypass.com.